You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 21 of the Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. What's up, man? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Been stuck in quarantine for almost a year. <laughs> what, should I, what should I be doing at this point? Nothing. Someone asked me, like, I get these emails and like, you know, can you do such and, will you be there on such and such a date? I was like, well, where am I going? Will you mean be at home? Yeah. Like, can you, can you do a call and like a month from now at, you know, three o'clock? I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless you have another, here. where am I going? Unless you have another call scheduled for the right. same time. That's exactly. really all we but got. But like the chances are, it's okay. I'm here. Yeah, but if you remember back to the first few days or months of the pandemic, where no, where literally nobody went anywhere. Yeah. Then was it was amazing. like you had no excuses for being like, "Oh, I can't make that meeting," like because you literally like were going nowhere. Like, oh, eight o'clock on Wednesday night. Where are you going to be? Where you, the fuck do you think I'm going to be? Like the people who are out about, like Lauren was home for a few days, but she went to work. She had to go to work. And she said it was an unbelievable ghost town. There was back no then. back, back the then, day. like back in the know. early days of the COVID, right? Because they split they split the staff up to blue team and like red team or blue and white or whatever it was, and like and it, it was supposed to be fifty percent, but it was really like twenty five percent. She said there was, you know, no one out. Yeah. But in the, you remember when everybody was really scared in the beginning, and I'm not naming names, but you were really scared. I was uh, really scared. And Absolutely. People, and people didn't go. Literally, there were people who didn't leave their house. Remember like, when there were people were freaking out because 500 people in the country had died of COVID? Oh, my God. So now we're at 500,000. Now we have half a million dead people, and people are not freaking out anymore. Mm-hmm. Now nobody like, cares. Fuck, like, let's go to the beach. Exactly. Wear a mask. Why are you infringing on my, on my freedoms like that, man? I'm not wearing a mask. Man, Ted Cruz had this whole thing about masks yesterday. I know we don't want to talk about CPAC, but that guy, man. Fuck Ted Cruz. You know what? We can't have another image of Ted Cruz this week uh, attached to... I know. We, we were like, we're well, giving no. him way too much attention. Well, not only that, I got a, I got some shit from our producer about another Ted Cruz image. And I'm like, what are the odds of me doing another Ted Cruz image next week? And he's like, it's probably not that bad, actually. <laughs> But I'm not doing it. I'm not finding. We're not going to find. We have to find anything but a Ted Cruz image. To speaking go with this of uh, speaking of our producer Doron, I was talking to one of my friends uh, who usually lives in London, but he was born in New York. His parents moved the family to Israel, and now he lives in London. But he decamped from London with his family and moved back to Israel for yeah. the, during the pandemic. Anyway, so he was. I was talking to him. He was like. Who's the like seriously Jewish sounding guy who who like is at the top of your podcast? Are you saying? I was like, saying? who's look who's talking, dude? Did your friend in Israel get the vaccine? Of course he did. Yeah, everybody got the vaccine. Apparently, not everybody. If you ask Saturday Night Live, I know. Can you yeah. believe the shitstorm that erupted over nothing? Nothing. Nothing. I didn't even pay attention because I was like. 
I don't have time for this. My head kind of exploded off of my neck because can really like, do you know what the joke was? Did you hear the joke? Did you see a replay of it? Something about half of the half of Israel has been vaccinated. Let me guess the Jewish half. (laughs) That's actually funny. Some people thought, okay, it's a bad joke. You laughed. I kind of think it's funny also. And then there are people who lost their freaking well, minds. I, I noticed I yeah. noticed there were folks – I haven't really been on Twitter at all this week, but yeah. I did open my app and I was greeted by some dude tweeting at the guy from SNL about, a par, about how he's insinuating that Israel is an apartheid state you know, and that it's not. And he doesn't understand that he better apologize. People put so much of their own shit onto this. It's like it was a joke. It was on Saturday Night Live, which Take I don't a- know if anybody has been paying attention to recently, but it's a comedy show. <laughs> FYI. Whether you like the joke or not, whether you find it to be funny, right? Like, let's. It's not offensive, right? It wasn't offensive. Who, who finds that offensive? Who says, well, you're insinuating that Israel is a, an apartheid state or is a Jewish. Uh, and then spend mistake. time on it. I mean, and then waste on. energy on it. Seriously, man, I can't. Dude, people are fucked up. And then, like, Jewish organizations were demanding that this guy issue an apology, and that NBC issue an apology. You know, how can it be? And maybe this is, you know, we're showing our age a little bit because you and I grew up in a time where ethnic jokes were okay, like. Every ethnic group had, like, there was a joke. There were jokes about every ethnic group. What's every the object one. of Jewish football? I'm not even going to say it because somebody will get offended. I know not the answer. I'm going to say it. I know the, the quarterback. No, yeah, exactly. What's, <laughs> yeah, I've heard a variation of that. What's the Jewish football cheer? Got to get the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, too. But you know what? Now we're going to be canceled. You think? Yeah. Somebody's oh going to be like, please guys, cancel me. These guys are self-hating Jews. Somebody cancel me. <laughs> I'd you love know, to be canceled. Do you remember? Does that mean that I don't have any responsibility to anybody else after I get canceled? No. Am I mean, good? Like no. everybody will leave me alone? No, they won't leave you alone. They'll shun oh. you. They're going to actively shun you on social media and drag awesome. you through the They're going to drag you through the mud. They're going to drag you on drag. social media. Like, do you remember? But, but will it hurt? Yes. And like, wait, let me ask you a question. They drag you through the mud, and then like two weeks later, will anybody know or care or remember? Some people, like if your boss calls you into his office and says, hey, I've been looking at some stuff on social media and your name is popping up a lot. And what were you thinking when you made that comment? Maybe not. Actually, I have had those comments. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe, maybe not. You never know. But all I'm saying is it's a dangerous world out there. Um, Do you remember, remember when we were growing up there was a comedian named Freddie Prince. Yeah. Freddie Prince, who starred on the show Chico and the Man. Right? Oh, my God. What was the last time I thought of Chico and the Man? Well, oh, I my think God. About, I think about it regularly. Do you think about Chico and the Man regularly? I do. Wow. Because I was watching some stand-up that Freddie Prince did in the mid-'70s on Johnny Carson. Oh, my God. I bet it was just yeah. offensive. It was, first of all, his ethnic background. Mm-hmm. was half Hungarian and half Puerto Rican. Really? Yes. And he was from New York City. I didn't know he was... I, I knew he was 
He was I, Hispanic. Yeah, Hispanic, he was right. Hispanic because that was his persona. But the Hungarian right. part didn't really come out as much. Right. But like the first joke he told was about how his parents met on the subway, and you know he was making fun of both groups. Plus, his whole shtick was making fun of Puerto Ricans. <laughs> his entire the entirety of his shtick. And you know what? I understand that from twenty twenty one. We look at at these things with a different lens yeah. and we say, well, that's slightly offensive and that's really not okay. Right. But at some level, like, can we not tell jokes anymore? Dude, let me ask like, you a question. Can we not tell jokes? I don't under, I don't understand the whole Latinx thing since anybody I know who has who's like of a, a background doesn't want to be called Latinx. What do they want to be called? Mexican American of Venezuelan heritage. Uh, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to wait into. I don't know. I don't want to wait in on it either. But I'm confused. I don't know enough about that. So only really among have. white liberals am I supposed to say Latinx. But when I'm among people who are from that part of the world, right? I will say you are Cubano. You are I don't of know, Argentine I, heritage. I don't, I don't know. know. I think I told you the story. I'm not sure, but I'll tell it again anyway. Okay. Do you remember a few years ago, my family and I went on a vacation to South Dakota? Yes. Yes. I do remember this. Yes. Okay. We spent two nights on a Native American reservation. Right. Okay. Okay. And on that reservation, I was told by the proprietor who is himself Native American. A proprietor of what? The proprietor of the bed and breakfast that we were saying. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, bed and breakfast is, you know, kind of a loose term in this instance. Because it wasn't a motel. It wasn't a hotel. It was, Uh you know, on his property. Okay. He referred to himself as Indian. Okay? And I was like, wait a minute. I thought we weren't allowed to call Native Americans Indians. He's like, we call ourselves Indians. Well, this is my mom and dad went to New Mexico. Yeah. And they were like all ready to be like Native American, but every sign said Indian, Indian right. art, yeah. Indian this. So, so then traditional I traditional Indian whatever. Then, then I asked them a question because this was a big deal a few years back, and up until right. recently it was a deal. The the now known as the Washington Football Team, right, used to be called the Redskins. Uh huh. And I asked this man, yeah. "What's your opinion?" about whether or not the Redskins should change their name. And he looked at me and he started laughing. And he's like, this is an issue for East Coast liberals only. (laughs) He's like, of all the problems facing us here on the Pine Ridge Reservation, (laughs) the name of the football team in Washington comes so far on our list of things to worry about that nobody here actually gives a shit. So, again... Are we having a backlash? Uh, I don't know. You and I? Yeah. Are we like having a backlash on this? No. I mean, I don't want to be like an older person I don't wanna, who's right. like, oh, I don't know what's funny I anymore. Still, I, I just, if, it feels weird calling the Washington football team the Redskins because people really genuinely are bothered by it. Maybe that dude and the people around him weren't, but there are plenty of Native no, Americans who are what he was, Sure. But what he was saying is like, dude, we have real problems here. That's not one of them. Uh, 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 That's not one of them. And, and look. You and I both uh, are on record for a long time being opposed to that name. Right. I even have a shirt 
that says Caucasians with the Redskins em- with the with the Redskins emblem, but with a white dude instead of a name. No, American. it's the it's the Cleveland Indians. I have that too. You have the Redskins one too. Yeah, I do. Wow. Uh, you know, so I personally was always in favor of getting rid of that name because okay, you know, right? Like people it's find like it offensive. Having the New York Kikes. Again, there was somebody who did a parody of that, and he mm-hmm. like he designed like swag of like the New York Jews. Yeah, and I looked at the hat. I'm like, I'd wear that. <laughs> what well, was the hat? Did it have dollar signs or something? No, I'll. Sh- you know what? That will be the image that we use this. Okay, week. I'll show okay. it to you, and you'll look at this. I guarantee you, you'll look at this hat, and you'll be like, dude, I'd wear that in a half a second. Right, a half a second. I'm down, but here's the questions, like. I it's I'm very I the the Latinx thing has confused me profoundly. And that's the I mean, I think the argument that the guy you met in South Dakota is the argument that someone as despicable and gross as Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team, uses. Right. And that's well, why it makes horrible. me very, very uncomfortable to say it's okay to call them the Redskins. Listen, I again I was in favor of changing the name. I'm still. Well, what in favor. about the Atlanta Braves, the Cleveland Indians, the Chicago Blackhawks? Well, Cleveland Indians changed their name. Yeah, and they're in the process. They're in of the process of doing it. Uh, what about Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves and the Tomahawk Chop? Well, that's uh, the, that's the worst part. What? That's the worst. The, the Tomahawk Chop thing has to go. And they used to have Chief Nakahoma. They don't have him anymore. Yeah, I know, but they did. But they don't anymore. I know, but every time. But they got rid the, of them. Right, I know, but it was like think about the blind spots. In, in this society, like things that we thought were funny or cute are just Again, absurd. Like in the 70s, things we thought that were funny, we can't do. We can't say. You remember the movie Blazing Saddles? Yes. Right. Well, Mel anything Brooks. Mel Brooks has done is offensive. Mel Brooks, Blazing Saddles could never be made today. Never. Never. Dude, the, 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 the Inquisition scene from the history of the world. I mean, I it is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So unbelievably offensive. Was it so, really? Were you offended by that? I, I wasn't offended by so it. So who was? Who I don't was? know. Put it in front of a bunch of like uptight Jews these days and they would freak out. Okay. But at the time, in the no. early 80s when that came out. No. Was anybody offended? I don't remember. But today people would be offended. Okay. And here's my other question though. Okay. The Inquisition. What a show. The Inquisition. Here we go. Will you convert? Uh, No, no, no. But the thing is, Mel Brooks is Jewish. Right. So do you think that gave him a certain amount of leeway to do something like that? Like my, what's the object of Jewish football? To get the quarterback? Like, it's okay because I'm a little Jewish kid? Right. It's like that Seinfeld episode where the guy converted just for the jokes. (laughs) Well, I don't... I mean, I don't know. I mean, is is our leeway giving license to non-Jews to tell well, that's jokes the about thing. Jews, right? This guy who told the joke on Saturday Night Live last week, to the best of my knowledge, is not Jewish. Right. I don't know. I thought it was a funny joke. I wasn't I wasn't offended by it. But plenty of people were. So much so that organ like Jewish organizations came out. Did the out. ADL get involved? Yes. And so we, did have, the, we have a, a dedicated listener who is in a who is a a a, a, a you know, important person at the ADL. We have to talk to him about this. Well, I mean, the AJC also came out against it. Everybody needs to chill the fuck out. I think so. I mean, do we not have a sense of humor anymore? We don't. Apparently not. Oh my God. This is the problem with comedy. 
if I get canceled, can I have a can I have a sense of humor again? Well, I'm you're so, canceled. Nobody I'm, will be so, I, I'm just cranky. Just cranky. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm a cranky old dude. I just feel like Jesus. Mister Cranky Pants here. I've been in the house for a year, practically. Everyone no one can. Has. I like. I'm embarrassed to watch the movies that are were like formative in my formative right. years. I just texted you the picture. You tell me. All right, hold on. If, you're the, if you would wear the hat that says New York Jews. Hold on. I just got it. <laughs> That's awesome. Wouldn't you wear that? Would you oh my God. That wear that and hat? if you put if you put the, the New York Jews hat yeah. and the San, and he's got one here, the San Francisco Chinaman, next to the Cleveland Indians, oh my God. They're like the very similar images. Well, that's the point. That's t- right. I know. That's the point. I'll I tell you, you. I don't like the coloring of the hat. If the hat had the same coloring as the Cleveland Indians hat, I would wear that in RP. Dude, that's crazy. But it's a great it's image. It's really the same. Think. It is the same, but I would wear the shit out of that hat. Oh my God. I love you it. wouldn't wear that? No, I would totally wear it. Totally. I'd wear it to synagogue. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> You might you, then you would get canceled. You wear that to your synagogue on the high. Holidays. I'd get canceled. I'd get canceled at synagogue. That would be amazing. Then I wouldn't have to go. Yeah, they um, still they would still take your money though. The dues. Oh, is can I not say that? Can I not say that? Well, no. I mean, like you know, there's a lot of fundraising that goes on at the synagogue. Well, at every organization, right. Jewish or, Jewish or right. Gentile. I don't non, know, man. Non for profits need money. That's I do. I the the problem is. The problem is, yeah. is that there's no middle ground here. Well, what would you suggest is the middle ground? I'm not ground? saying that there is. I'm not, I, no, no, I, I guess so, it's not the problem. I'm just saying there's no middle ground. So either it's offensive or it's not offensive. That's offensive, the way things are shaken out. Offensive is in the eye of the offended one, correct? Correct. But here's the thing. I guess we have to stick to just our little offend each other Jewish jokes. Well, because see, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be like Freddie Prinz, yeah, and I'm gonna make fun of Puerto Ricans and Hungarians. I'm not like in. I don't have enough kind right. of cultural insight to know, nor am I part of the in group there. Well, you're not one of those two groups, right? So, so I don't do think I have. So I guess so, I don't have the right. So again, if you and I are having a conversation, not during the Amen Corner, but on the phone or in person, just the two of us, we have license to say whatever we want that we, that we think is funny mm-hmm. in a not, and that we don't find offensive about Jewish people, about men in their fifties who are Jewish. Like, is that, is that the only lane we're allowed in even amongst ourselves? I'm asking the question. I guess we're, I guess so. I guess Can we're we- only allowed to make fun of each other. And do I have to ask permission? No, you have to look at me and say, I'm sorry if that offended you. Did that offend you? And then if I say, yes, well, I'm offended. I mean, isn't this the issue like that Dave Chappelle and other comedians right. are having with the current moment? It's yes, like, exactly. You know? Not that I'm putting ourselves in his... No, 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 of course not. But, in his league uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Right. But yes, that's exactly what the problem that stand-up comedians are having today is that they can't go up on stage and be offensive to people. Right. Because right. offensive, like we're saying, is in the eye of the one who feels offended. Right. But if people are so fragile that everything makes them feel offended, then what are we left with? 
Yeah, you know, this is this is kind of front and center because Mia is binge watching Friends for the second time. Uh-huh. And so we've been watching it with her. Yeah. She binge watched it with Maddie the first time and now she's binge watching it with us. I guess cuz we lived it. And I mean, there's a lot like Joey Chandler and Ross talk a lot about fat women. They make a lot of jokes like that. Are they fat shaming? They're not. I mean, it, it's Monica's whole character is that she was fat in high school, right? It, right. It, and then, and it's it's seriously, it's seriously weird. The can show's still you, funny, actually. Can I tell you what my, yeah. my one of my favorite episodes of Friends? Yeah. When they had the contest to swap apartments, and they had the trivia. When they had, like, we just saw that one. Oh my god, it's so funny. We just saw that one. How many different sets of towels does Monica have? <laughs> <laughs> and then when the guys won and the women lost, yeah, and the guys started moving their stuff into the bigger and better apartment. Uh, and the the women were angry and saying something, and Chandler looks at them and says, "You're ruining moving day for us." <laughs> I found that one very funny. Uh, you know what? The show jumped the shark, though. Uh, the, last, the last three seasons or so unwatchable. So we're we're just in season. I guess the end of season six. Yeah, you're and probably I, you're probably I don't, like I don't really actually there. remember the last. The last three seasons. Unwatchable. But whatever. There's a lot of that stuff like that yeah, you was funny in the 1990s. And they're like. Well, you know, ah. the real problem that people have with that show now is that there's literally no diversity on that show. No. I did notice that Ross's divorce lawyer was an African-American. And I was shocked to see that. I think at one point he is going out with a black woman. In one, oh, yeah? one storyline. I don't know how many episodes it was. But I'm pretty sure that I read recently that David Schwimmer, uh, at least now, claims that he was fighting for more storylines like that, more diversity uh, within the show. But back then, it just didn't exist. No, it totally didn't exist. It just didn't exist. It wasn't part of anyone's consciousness, or at least not, that's not fair to say. It wasn't part of the consciousness of the decision makers at major TV networks. The question is, so we're now, what, mm, six months past... The George Floyd's murder, yeah, and the protests over the summer. I mean, we're actually, it's gonna the anniversary is gonna come up. The question is, with all of this discussion of this, how much of how much is actually going to change? I'm not convinced that things are going to change so drastically. What, to be what, with what you. do you mean? Well, what I mean, things? What I mean, mean, just I mean, I think there's there's a certain consciousness about it, but there's still this. I, I mean, have we seen a dramatic change in the way in which African Americans are portrayed in popular culture? I think the answer to that is yes. It, it, it affirmatively. Well, I mean, look, we're like you said, six months right. out. So from the that. question and, is, is like, and a lot of production stuff hasn't really been happening. So the question is, so because of COVID, and so there's this lag in terms of production stuff. Are we going to get 18 months past it, 24 months past it, and go back to normalcy? And things are going to, and things. I think things have changed. I think people's consciousness has risen to a level where it's not going to go back to what it was. Well, and it it, can't go back to what it was. I mean, it it would seem absurd for it to go back. I don't think it will. I I connected. I connected last weekend with um, 
my housemates from college, uh, and two of the guys are African American. One I had not seen in a in like since 1991. He like dropped off the face of the earth. My other friend found him, and we had this Zoom conversation. And we were talking. We're on the phone for like we're on Zoom for like an hour and a half. It was awesome. And we were talking about the fact that I they we were calling the story how these two guys and another African American friend of ours walked into our townhouse and I had NWA on like blasting through the house. And we got into this whole conversation, how this kind of stuff was really actually marketed to someone like me and that they hated NWA and that it did, they felt, and I agree, it did this kind of lasting damage uh, to the way in which African-Americans and South Central Los Angeles was viewed by a whole generation of kids got a really pretty interesting an interesting perspective and so the question is how quickly can things change just because george floyd's murder and social racial protests i think things have been changing for a while i do and okay i mean there are a lot there are a lot more um there are a lot more african-americans in positions in hollywood whether in front of the camera or behind the camera or in the offices. It's changing. It's not. Has like it changed? I mean, has it changed significantly? It's changing. I mean, because in I Hollywood, mean, there's always this tokenism from what I understand. Yeah, you right? Know, right. And there's going to be that too. But right. the culture is changing because the society is changing and the makeup of the society is changing. Right. It's just, you, you know, this is part of the reason that America is undergoing such a profound political issue uh, problem now is because right. of the changes in the demographics. I guess, I guess one of the reasons why I'm asking this and I've gone down this road is because I'm reading Isabel Wilkerson's uh, The Warmth of Other Sons. I'm almost done. Long book, really fascinating book. And there's so much that she talks about in the great migration from the South to the North. And I just got to the part about the riots in Cicero, Illinois. Yep. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that happens today. Does that do the the riots in Cicero were about I people mean, moving into a neighborhood right. where they were not wanted? Okay, but they're still they legally uh, entitled to live there, but nobody was enforcing the law, and people just so took think up, about some of these deep red districts in the South. Yeah, but that's not the same as Cicero is not a deep red district in the South. It's I know, but Chicago. you would think now, seventy five years later that African-Americans can live anywhere. I mean, I, just, I don't know. I went from Cicero to thinking about Howard Beach, what was that, in the late 80s. And we're still living with the the legacies of redlining. Yeah, but- The fact but, that my neighborhood has two uh, uh, Confederate uh, war uh, commanders named the streets. Right, the streets are being changed, but- I mean, changing, right? Right. They're changing. They are, but so, still, I- I don't know. I mean, things don't happen. Uh, unfortunately, things happen way too slowly than they should. And the fact that those those streets are still named after those generals is an abomination. Yeah. It, and, it's and so the question but is, they're not like, going out and naming things now. after. No, but you still have. I mean, I, one of the things I think and we've talked about this before is how mistaken we were in believing that we had gotten we had gotten to this kind of post-racial world. And That's I feel true. like the I feel like the. The, the, the tension, I, I, I mean, I've told you this before. If I see, I, you know, 
a white dude in a pickup truck. I'm suspicious. Now I know actually all those, I didn't know, you know, two months ago, I obviously knew the Gadsden flag and the Blue Lives Matter flag, but I didn't know the three percenters. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. Now I'm on the lookout for these guys. And the number of Gadsden flag things that I see just out and about is pretty extraordinary. But this is. And I'm like, you know, not only the, not only the pickup trucks, the beamers on the George Washington Parkway on the way into town. Again, these are people who are afraid of losing their status in the society. They're afraid that the numbers are against them and that the, that the superior position that they had is no longer sustainable right. for them. And this is an expression of that. Well, I'm, I'm saying there's a, there's a direct line to these things in our history to, yeah, to what we're seeing now. Obviously, this is a country that, you know, racism is part of the DNA of but, the country. I mean, I think that's why I'm not confident that things are changing, are going to change. Well, again, I mean, I there's think more, there's, there's, there's change, more but I don't awareness. Think there's more awareness of it now. Right. But clearly, you know, there's not the reckoning yet that needs to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen from one day to the next. And I think that it is a process uh, for a lot of people, but there's a lot of progress that has been made. And to just say like, well, I don't think anything is really going to hmm. better is sort of ignoring the fact that in certain ways it is better in certain ways. It's not better. There's no question. There I wasn't are- saying that. I was just saying, I wasn't saying that anything, nothing was going to change. So of course that's, a, that's, that's a, un, an unrealistic thing. But I think my point was that for all the kind of upheaval that we experienced, in the second half of 2020, it strikes me that the institutions that were written by people who hold the power are more resilient. And so I think that, and again, and then add COVID and the lags, and then do we get, you know, 18, 24 months, and it's like it never happened. I mean, look at what happened in, um, in Rochester. Those cops who threw the hood over that yeah. guy who was having uh, – he was naked and obviously yeah. having uh, an episode. Psych- yeah, psychotic episode, yeah. They got off scot-free. Listen, I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that there is justice here and that things are – you know, there's a wonderful place to be because it's not for a lot of people. But there is more awareness of it. There are more people willing to call it out now. Yes, There's that's more, true. That part of the awareness comes from the technology that didn't ex- right. used to exist. So now we can film all this as it's happening, and we right. do, and we share it, and people become outraged. Yeah, there's systemic racism. But part of the problem is that close to half of the population doesn't want to admit that there's systemic right, racism. Right, that's exactly what so, I'm saying. So again, what is needed is that reckoning. But if the half of the country that agrees and believes that there is systemic racism is strong enough and it is growing, then that number gets bigger, that percentage gets larger, and then that change does happen. I think that I think the telltale will be in the next couple of years, to be honest with you. We'll have to see, you know, because there is that struggle between, between the two halves. There, there uh, always has been, and right. that's that's part of but the curse of this country. This is what we are cursed with that we have to deal with as a country. Right. I mean, you know, essentially the discourse among you know republican senators in merrick garland's confirmation hearings is since the plural test of the summer is that 
systemic racism is is something that's been made up by the left right, exactly. to attack the right. Because that it's, it's just a part easier, of the culture war. It's not something that actually exists. Because it's much easier for them to ignore it than right. it is to actually come well, face to face with it and acknowledge their role in it, which they okay. can't do. So put that. And so this, again, a reason for my skepticism. The Democrats have a smaller majority in the House and all those seats they were supposed to win in the Senate, they lost. They did. Okay. They have a smaller majority in the House and all the seats I, I, in the I'm Senate. Saying, like, but I, 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 but the, the, the Democrats in the Senate represent... Tens of agree. more people than the Republicans in the Senate. Uh, agree, agree. So, but again, the, yeah, there's no, sure there hasn't been any reform of the Senate. My only point. Well, not yet. Joe Biden's in power for a month. My only point is that institutions are hard to change, and half the country doesn't believe it. It's exists. less than half. It's less than half, and that forty-seven percent. But that number is shrinking, and that's the thing. Well, that's saying. what scares the shit out of them, and that's why they're going to retrench. Well, which is so why hard. I'm really worried because I don't put any faith in the good in that my fellow Americans have goodwill. Not after these. Not after the last no, four years. I don't, and, I don't either, but I do have faith in numbers, and the numbers are on our side. The numbers are on our side, but it's not going to happen at the pace that you and I want it to happen at. It's just not, but it's going to happen. In, in the meantime, I guess we're just going to have to be satisfied with telling each other Jewish jokes. Not on the, not on the air though. Let, let, come on, lay one on me. No, not doing it. Not getting canceled. When we hang up, I will tell you a joke that will make you laugh ah. your ass off. And you're going to be like, you should have done this. I can't joke. believe you don't want to be canceled. Nope. We'll be canceled next week. All right. All right. We're out.